Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. I'm Aaron, and I'm here today with Brian. Hello, how are you? And welcome to episode six of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Coming up today... We have the fashionista to the cloud, Vanessa Alvarez. Vanessa is an industry analyst focused on infrastructure and operations. Before we get to the interview, we did want to take a second to say a huge thank you to Greg Nierman and the InfoSmack podcast crew. They are now syndicated on the register, but before that, they had us on the podcast, and we we're trying to figure out if we wanted to do this podcast thing. And so for a couple months now, he's been helping us out and giving us some early guidance and spending some time with us, giving us tips and tricks for how to create and produce this podcast. We still don't know what we're doing, but we wanted to send a big shout out to him and say thank you very much for your early help. Yep, huge thanks to Greg. Greg uh, gave us sort of the, the motivation to do this, and plus he gave us sort of all of his uh, behind-the-scenes technical tricks to, to do the recording and the editing. And so huge thank to them. They, they know what they're doing. Uh, they were willing to give us some information and uh, got us started. So thanks to Greg and Mark, and, uh, and uh, you know, they're doing an awesome job over there. So Aaron, uh, today's sort of exciting. We've got some exciting news. We need to give a big welcome to our newest sponsor, a company called Cloudcrackers. So with cloud computing, uh, the market getting more and more competitive, you know, we know people want to comment about vendor offers. We know that people want to make you know, market analysis, but, but sometimes you're worried about offending somebody or having your employer know what you're doing. So with the new Cloudcrackers app, downloadable for RIM and Windows 7, you can send anonymous tweets and blog comments about cloud offerings without any ramifications. So folks uh, who are listening, they can go to www.cloudcrackers.com, download the app, and then feel free to talk as much smack as you want about any cloud services out there. So it's secure. It's free, all the things we love about cloud, and uh, we're really excited to have those guys on board. Great to have them on as our initial sponsor. So excited Woo-hoo, about that. Sponsors. Woo-hoo, sponsors. Love those guys. Okay, so the bills are paid. Let's, let's get to the interview. We're going to skip the news today because there's a ton of news going on. Uh, we'll cover some stuff in a later podcast. Uh, but let's get to the interview. Uh, Vanessa's a lot of fun. She always gives us great insight, and uh, she's you know obviously supports what we're doing, friend of the show. But she's going to give us some very good insight on both what she sees in the market as well as uh, she's going to make a bunch of predictions for uh, where the market's going over the next uh, year, year and a half. So let's bring on Vanessa. Okay, we're ready to go with our with our friend, friend of the show, Sassy Galore, a.k.a. Vanessa Alvarez, who, as most of you know, is a very, very well-known industry analyst. Uh, she focuses on the infrastructure and operations side of the world. So, Vanessa, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Good. Where it's are you at? Nice, re- nice weather in Boston. Fantastic. As usual. As usual. Warm yeah. and sunny. <laughs> very funny. Let's <laughs> say more like 30 degrees and freezing. Oh, okay. So normal normal weather for, for up in the Northeast. Yeah, exactly. So, Vanessa, before we get into any sort of bits and bytes in technology, you, uh, you're you sort of a well-known uh, fashionista. Uh, you gave up shopping for Lent. How are you holding up? Can you, can you see straight? Are you getting the shakes yet? <laughs> I did give up shopping for Lent. You know, I have to tell you that whatever I say here on 4th, um, I'm not responsible for it. <laughs> at your own risk. <laughs> so, so Vanessa, you know, on this on this show we we tend to talk about clouds. So, so let's let's be real let's make this real simple. What's what's your definition of cloud? Everybody's got a definition. What's your definition of cloud? Oh, Brian, this is like taking a rat down, you know, a rat's hole so to speak, right? I mean, I think 
It's, it's challenging, so I'll kind of give you the standard, you know, definition of, w of what we think it is. It's, you know, standardized IT capabilities delivered via the Internet in a pay-per-use self-service way. Okay. Now, that's really the concise definition of what I came up with or we came up with as a team from the NIST definition, right? I think at the end of the day, NIST has been able to provide us with a pretty solid foundation of what cloud computing is, and by NIST I mean the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And, and you know, we also include typical capabilities such as standardized operating procedures, fully automated deployment and management, self-service access for deployers, you know, billing and chargebacks, self-service catalog, business units, essentially sharing the same infrastructure. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really focus on definitions too much, I think, as an industry, we focused way too much on it these past couple of years. And so when I go into my clients and I speak to them, you know, I think the first question from their mouth is, okay, what is this cloud thing and should I be doing it? Or the first comment is, I, I want a cloud. So my question to them is, why? Do you know why you want a cloud? Or do you know why you should be doing cloud computing? No. I just think that we need to have one or the CIO has man, you know, has put a mandate in place for us to move in that direction. This CIO mandated the uh, the big easy button, right? Exactly. You know, kind of like the checklist, you know, the, the going the checking it off on a checklist so to speak. And so, you know, I, I like to take a step back with our clients and really try to understand what they're looking for. And so I try to keep the cloud computing definition out or even the terminology cloud for that matter and really try to understand what they're looking for and what their needs are. You know, how do I go about that? It's basically trying to understand where the business is going, what kind of growth initiatives are they looking at within the next three to five years, within the next five to seven? What is it that they have existing, you know, in terms of existing infrastructure in place? Uh, what is it that needs to be improved to enable those growth initiatives? Right? Because I think sometimes we make the assumption that technology initiatives that are being put in place are supporting the business initiatives. And, you know, I've come to realize that that's not always the case. So, so I have to ask you real quick, too. You, you mentioned that you don't really sometimes even use the word cloud or talk about cloud. It's, it's more talking about the ideas. It's almost yeah. like cloud is, is, you know, cloud was the new black and now cloud's almost a cuss word at times. <laughs> so so tell, tell me a little bit about how you, you kind of get around something like that or if you have a customer that's friendly to the ideas but not friendly to the word cloud. It starts with starts off with the business requirements, right? So having that discussion of what is your business looking to achieve and how can the technology that you're looking at enable those business initiatives. And I think it's you know, it starts off with going through the standard capabilities of a cloud, right? Kind of like the ones I outlined earlier, standardized operating procedures, you know, automation, management, self service. And I think when you start to talk about these capabilities, you also have to bring into account the business process and the business process management, right, which is an entirely different conversation that you begin to have. And so I kind of like to start off with 
that more so than start off with, you know, you need a cloud and this is what you need to do. So, so you, you know, so you, you touched on a whole bunch of things, right? You touched on kind of definitional stuff to help get people from, you know, where do you start the conversation? You talked about, you know, there's elements of technology, standardized components, you know, shared pools, how they operate. You talked about sort of this process transformation. So help us understand, right? So, so analysts today, the, the analyst community, you guys play a lot of different roles, right? You've got folks that focus on, you know, hype cycles and quadrants and stuff and sort of trying to place vendors and industry and technologies. You've got community relations, you've got vendor relations. Like, where do you see your role kind of in this whole thing? As much as I'd like to say that, you know, I have a crystal ball and that magically appear with the answers to my clients, and that's not necessarily the case. You know, our clients are bombarded every day by vendors. They're being aggressively marketed to. There's some pretty impressive claims out there from vendors. Um, they're being wined and dined. There's a number of things happening, and the overload of information for our clients is really too much sometimes. The industry is changing so fast. There's a number of different technologies, a number of different features and functions that come out every day. And the fact is that a lot of IT organizations today, or just organizations in general, are really being challenged to to make decisions and to make strategic decisions for their organizations and with limited resources, right? I mean, I think when we take a look at IT organizations today, definitely evolved. But at the end of the day, most of our clients are working with limited resources. I mean, nine times out of 10 on conversations that we have, we ask them if you think you have enough resources and their answer is no. So the overload of information sometimes is just too much. I think where as an analyst where we come in is we help our clients to first of all make an assessment of their environment and we understand what it is that they need because at the end of the day sometimes they themselves don't even know what they really need. And, and they just, quite frankly, don't have the time to go through that. And so we, we like to make an assessment. And then I think for the most part, when I take a look at my role, I really start to provide much more of an unbiased evaluation of vendor solutions. We try to gather as much business requirements as possible to be able to understand not only what kind of technologies you need, but what kind of technologies you need to enable your business initiatives because that is really at the end of the day what you're making an investment on sure um so i think from that perspective you know we provide that unbiased uh, picture and then also we help them to really understand from the industry what are some of your peers doing what are some other organizations best practices that could be related to what you're doing I mean I think organizations today are very unique their needs are very unique so it's, it's difficult to to kind of compare them apples to apples to someone else but in cloud I think any kind of best practice right now is okay right I mean yeah. I think it's kind of the wild wild west and so the more we can start to establish best practices, the better it'll be for our clients. And that's what we try to provide them with. Um, and essentially just giving them the right guidance in terms of what's going on in the market and how they can use these technologies and operational models to 
enable their business. So you're finding, so you, you know, you sort of mentioned best practices. Are you finding certain things are somewhat transferable? So you could be talking to folks in the manufacturing industry and, and, and their best practices are somewhat transferable to say pharma or finance, or, or do you tend to sort of do those best practice kind of kind of comparisons within an industry or, or what do you see? I think from a best practices perspective, we like to um, focus on, because you're right, not, not every organization is the same, not every vertical is the same. So from a best practices perspective, I look at it from the technology. Um, so what could you be doing to be much more efficient with your technology? Where can you start to implement automation or where can you increase, you know, some of the management capabilities to, to help you either, you know, decrease some of your IT resources or, or just kind of make your business applications run better, right? So okay. I think okay. from that perspective, that you know, that's best practices. But at the end of the day, I think I really like to focus on the, the unique requirements of their their business, right? And that's kind of way they look to us to be able to provide that sort of insight. So a lot, a lot, of, a lot of 80-20 rules, same, same technologies will apply if you're storing data, you're moving data, you're virtualizing apps, whatever, um, yeah. but then you get into industry specific. Okay. So, I, so you know, I tend to use this kind of motto, you know, and I think I've thrown it out there a few times. Um, I standardize to customize, right? So you standardize a lot of your infrastructure or, or and or your technologies, and then from there you customize it to the needs of your business. Does that make sense? I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. it and it rhymes, so it's easy to remember. Standardize exactly. to customize. <laughs> there you go. You, you focus primarily sort of in in INO or IO, and so the plumbing down below the app. So what are you, you know, what are you hearing from from those teams as you're getting into this sort of cloud or standardized kind of conversation? I mean, is it are you having similar technology discussions? What, where do they, where do people feel like their skill sets are and they need to be? You know, how much are they, you know, worried about having to change operational models or the. You know, what, what are the common themes you're kind of hearing from your clients these days? So I love how you, you refer to the plumbing, right? So it's always interesting because I, I hear so much focus on the apps today. But, you know, we tend to forget that the infrastructure and that plumbing below does, in fact, enable your apps to run much better and much faster, right? So not all is king in the app world. But in hey, there's, there's, of- there's space for commode computing, you know, as, as Hoff <laughs> likes to say. And, and, and real quick to throw something in there, too, if you think about it, since uh, it used to be a bunch of different sets of pipes and a bunch of different plumbing, yeah. but as everything is converging into one big, huge monster pipe, well, you, you got to do something with that, right? There's some way to prioritize within the pipe since you no longer have that separation. That's that's definitely a key that I have seen uh, working in infrastructure for the last couple of years. But, you know, I think um, I've worked a lot with infrastructure and operations teams. Really, cloud computing right now is the wild wild west you know like i said earlier there's really so much confusion there's so much going on in this space right now that i know at this point is really trying to figure out what their role is right and i think when you start to hear sort of some of that hype out in the market about you know standardization and automation making it jobs go away I think it, it scares some of them, and, and, and they become resistant to change, and, and rightfully so. I mean, if, you, if someone tells you that you're going to lose your job, you know, what do you do? And so I think from a skills perspective, 
it becomes a lot about evolving your skills, right? From a technology perspective, I think, you know, when we saw the emergence of virtualization, all of a sudden, you know, the network guy is being challenged by trying to figure out what's going on in a virtualized environment. And then all of a sudden, this new role emerged or, or evolved from the server admin to now the virtualization guy. Those are some of the changes that we've already seen and that we'll continue to see um, in terms of technology and in terms of how that impacts the IT um, professional's role. I think automation and self-service are definitely components of cloud that impact this role. And so from that perspective, I think that from a self-service point of view, it's really up to the IT, up to the IT professional to really determine what can be self-service and, you know, what can be automated and be able to sort of manage that process. I think, you know, from an overall perspective, there's a bigger challenge in terms of skills for infrastructure and operations professionals today and it's really the understanding of their business requirements I think in the past has really been a disconnect between the technology and the infrastructure environment and what the business really needs to grow and how that the infrastructure and IT environment in general can enable that business with cloud that sort of forces IT to start to work with line of business managers right and really yeah. try to understand yeah. how can they tie their technology in the IT environment to the business and not just be technology for technology's sake, but be the enabler of the business growth initiatives, you know, organizations are looking to, to, to implement. So, is so that, I think, from, I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, is that the, is that the sentiment you hear more so is that, I mean, there's, there's obviously just change involved. We, we talk about that all the time that, that fundamentally clouds about change, whether it's business changes or technology changes. I mean, do you, do you get the sense that at the, the operations level, those guys are more concerned about losing their jobs or jobs going away than, you know, this is just another technology shift in to some extent in an operation opportunity to learn new things and, and help their business? I mean, is it is that really the, the more predominant thing that you're hearing? Or is that just kind of sporadic from some of the, say, more senior folks who, who just don't really want to learn new stuff? Well, I think there's two camps, right? So I think it's consistent in terms of the, this is an issue. Um, but there's definitely two camps. And I feel like maybe it is the more senior people that are not wanting to learn the new skills or learn how to evolve their role to become much more strategic as opposed to tactical. You know, I think at the end of the day, technology moves so fast and it changes so much that it becomes difficult for you to just continue to use the same skills that you've used for the past 20 years. So if you're not willing to change those skills, or you're not willing to evolve with the industry, right, I think it, it becomes challenging to be able to, to operate within this newer sort of operational model that cloud offers. And so for me, I, as an I, infrastructure and operations professional and as an, you know, being part of an overall IT organization, it really becomes important to not only understand what the changes that are happening in technology are, but how you can apply those changes to be able to meet the needs of your business. And I, I know in working with several of our clients these past couple of months that it's the biggest challenge. All right. I've spoken to IT professionals who say that they've gone to their line of business 
constituents and they've really tried to make that tie between the business and IT. And I think some line of business managers are skeptical. I mean, they've kind of suffered at the hands of IT for a long time. And so today, with so much out there, you can literally go buy infrastructure as a service. Right. At Amazon, right? You not only go into Amazon now to go buy books, but you're going there to buy infrastructure, essentially. And so a lot of line of business managers that I've spoken to say, you know what? I don't really want to deal with my IT department anymore. I've been at their mercy for so long, and today I can really just do this without their approval. Do you see them actually going and buying infrastructure as a service, or do you see them mostly just buying like software as a service platforms, right? Salesforce, WebEx, those types of things? Or do you see them like, hiring their own set of IT? guys to run things that, you know, run applications up in Amazon or... I think it's a combination of, of all of that, right? A lot of them use SaaS, and I think that's probably been the more predominant way that they, they've gone about it. But I think today, a lot of line of business managers are really kind of semi-tech savvy, right? I think either they've, you know, learned it in graduate school, or they have friends who are, are pretty tech savvy that they talk to. Um, what I've noticed in some teams, and this is just anecdotally, but it is the involvement of development and how they are able to go around the infrastructure and the operations team to be able to acquire these services and then help at the, you know, the line of business managers to launch these applications, um, these initiatives within the Amazon platform. I I think that, you know, it is really that easy. This is a big challenge for IT organizations because they they really have no idea at this point until it becomes a problem of what's going on, right? They'll only find out if it becomes a problem because then that's when they start to get the complaints, even though they really had nothing to do with it. And it'll be one of those where, oh, uh, you know, the developer needs some infrastructure and, and the infrastructure people oh, it's going to take, you know, this long or cost this much or whatever, whatever. And, and the, the dev people sometimes are going, oh, no, it won't. They'll just go off to Amazon, right, behind everyone's back. And that's that's becoming a problem or, or I shouldn't say maybe a problem, but a, a, an issue more and more in the fact that the infrastructure side of the house needs to evolve quickly and be able to adapt to change quickly or, uh, you know, the, the dev people yeah. will just work around them. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, that's part of the sort of soft skills that IT professionals need to acquire today. In the past, they really haven't had to because they've been doing their own thing. But today, it really takes a lot of connection with the line of business to understand what they need. And I think they really need to get in front of it instead of just being reactive to it, not really be the bottleneck that they've been perceived to be for a long time. So, so you're telling me all the all the guys with the neck beards and the ponytails, they need to go be social now? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I think I think what she's I think what she's saying, Aaron, is that uh, you know uh, your 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 eight thousand certifications are now going to have to start shifting to uh, you know manners and which fork to use at dinner yeah. and uh, stuff like that. I now need uh, etiquette and uh, all these other uh, certificates to hang on my wall now, right? Exactly. Exactly. But you know, it's interesting that you talk about certifications because I think that's another area that really needs to evolve, right? And I don't think it's evolved as fast as the technology has. Um, 
So from a an infrastructure perspective, I mean, if we see the trend of converged infrastructure and really, you know, the service storage and network areas coming together, I think it's kind of difficult today to understand your network and not understand the server side or, you know, not understand the storage side. I mean, even as an analyst, that our roles change in terms of what we need to understand, right? I mean, I have a networking background, but I look at storage as it relates to the overall IT environment because without my understanding of the storage area, how can I really understand how it impacts the network, how it impacts the servers? I think from a certification perspective, this is something that really needs to evolve. And I haven't really seen that much out there today that demonstrates this convergence, these newer skills that need to be acquired by IT organizations. Sure, sure. So let me throw something else in real quick as well, Vanessa, is the one certification I've seen that's kind of interesting to me here recently, EMC has introduced a new cloud architect certification And it is supposed to be more open, and it's not just based off of uh, straight-up EMC technologies. And I know one or two people that test, I think, went live this week. I know one or or two people that took it, and they did say that it is actually more open, and it's more at a higher level, and it's more really based on the concepts of cloud architecture than it is on the technology. And that may be one of the first ones, at least that I know of, of a certification that is doing exactly what you're describing. And, And yes, Brian, before you you ask, I do plan to take that one at some point. Oh, that's a given. That's a given. I, I expect <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have it yet. <laughs> well, it's only been out for a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you're right. I, I know that EMC has that cloud certification in place now, and I think it's a great first step for the industry as a whole, right? Because it clearly demonstrates that A, EMC understands what the convergence that's going on, and number two, they're willing to help, you know, the customer um, align themselves the way that, you know, the infrastructure and technology is aligning itself. So I think it's a great first step, you know, and I'd like to see more of it the future of infrastructure and of IT in general is sort of this convergence and so we really need to get in front of it. No, I, I think I think you're right. I think, you know, and we've, we're starting to hear people say, you know, the, the role of the CIO is going to change. He's going to, you know, essentially kind of coordinating between a lot of different services. I mean, you've probably got some really basic stuff where, you know, the organizations have to figure out how to share information or, or, or educate their people internally. Because if you, I mean, if you're, you're an operations person you have no idea sort of how your stuff impacts the business other than, you know, I'm told I need five nines and I know that I get my head beaten in every time something goes down. It's a huge gap in between going, okay, well, how do I, how do I fix that? Right. How do I, how do I become more impactful? So um, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's sort of interesting because it's the guys in, you know, who run traditional internal IT operations, you know, face the pressure all day long. The one thing they don't face though is, you know, when something goes down, yes, the, the emails come streaming in their, their phones blow up and so forth, but they don't get the, you know, 10 million people like Amazon starting to get when, they had problems and it affected Netflix, right? So that's the, the one level of pressure they don't necessarily have today. So It's interesting, too, that some of the um, convergence that we're seeing is not only at the infrastructure level, right? I think it's yep. also happening further up the stack with applications. I mean, I, the number of conversations that I've had with our clients where uh, I don't only have the, the enterprise architect, but also the storage professional in that organization and also the database admin. Right. I I see sort of a a lot of convergence happening from the application uh, level as well. And so that in itself is 
is an interesting evolution that I'm seeing because A, they're kind of forced to come together now, right? So they, they understand that they need to communicate and B, that the, that tie between the infrastructure and operations and the applications groups are needed, right? I think a lot of consolidation, a lot of consolidation in data centers is happening and CIOs are really trying to figure out how do they make that happen? Is it by bringing together all these groups and, and really trying to establish some sort of standardization within their data centers? Does that mean that today they really have to think about from an overall business perspective, what's going to be the best strategy in terms of infrastructure for their for their business? Um, it's a number of different things happening and it's a different conversation with each one of those roles, right? With the enterprise architect, with the storage professional, and with the database database admin. Yep. I think at the end of the day, some of them feel, sometimes even in the discussions, I feel points of contention between all three of those. And, and that kind of goes back to what are some of my responsibilities, right, for our clients. And it's really helping them to understand how each one of them impacts the other, right? And yeah, good, goes, good opportunity for you, right? You end up playing sort of, sort of UN to a certain extent and to a certain extent you got to play translator right i mean lots of different languages and lots of different so let's change gears just a little bit let's put you on the spot right as an analyst your job is to to have a a better crystal ball than than anybody else so we're we're recording this in march we're at the end of march but let's let's pretend that we're at the end of december Uh, i'm going to throw out a couple of companies at you you tell me what the big headline is you know sort of summary headline for that company for the year keep it simple 140 characters couple of sentences uh oracle uh the the evil empire the all all in one, I can give it all for you. I can do it all for you. Right. So Larry's Larry's doing things. He's he's obviously making big money, but he's also upsetting some people. You see Larry pulling the trigger on any any big acquisitions this year? I think so. I mean, I think Oracle in general is all about doing everything the Oracle way. In some instances, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think one of the things that we like to discuss with our clients is really, do you feel that you need to go with, you know, one vendor? Do you feel like you can work with a number of different vendors? And that's different for each organization, right? Are there areas where Oracle is lacking? Yes, and I think that they're very well aware of that. And so I think we will see some strategic acquisition from Oracle this year, uh, a significant one, right, that will ultimately give them sort of that last piece to the puzzle, to the cloud puzzle. Any predictions? Uh-huh. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, all right. Amazon. Given the, new, the recent news from Amazon, I have to say that I'm pretty impressed with the way that they have started to sort of understand that the enterprise is a different beast and that you can't just push your platform onto the enterprise and, you know, it's an all or nothing kind of thing. You know, I think that today they're really starting to put the pieces in place to become enterprise class. And I put that in quotes, you know, because I think that's different for everyone. But there's a lot of buzz out there for Amazon. And, you know, the, the last few presentations I've done, you know, I've sat in rooms full of infrastructure and operations professionals, ITs, IT, uh, VPs of IT, CIOs. And they are very, very well aware of, of the benefits of the Amazon platform. There are still some issues, you know, obviously some of the security issues, uh, some of the manageability issues that they're aware of, but they are willing to listen to Amazon and try and understand 
how Amazon can help them. So Amazon definitely has um, its work cut out for in terms of trying to work around all these different challenges, but they are by far infrastructure as a service vendors out there who are on enterprises' radars. And so I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this year, we will see them start to come up on a number of different RFPs, RFIs, as a legitimate contender for infrastructure environments. Okay. How about Microsoft? Oh, Microsoft. Azure, you know, Azure is definitely um, something that is making a lot of buzz. Actually, it's so funny. I was just at the Chicago airport and there's Microsoft Azure all over the place. I think Microsoft has challenges. You know, I always say that companies, you can have a great technology, a great solution, but if you can't execute on that, then, you know, you're kind of dead in the water. And so I feel from that perspective, Microsoft has some challenges. You know, Azure is a great platform, but internally, the company has challenges that it hasn't been able to overcome. If you're keeping score at the end of the year, who do you think's ahead, Cisco or HP, in terms of cl- in terms of, in terms of cloud? Are you trying to put me on the spot over here? Yeah, I just want to know. You know, so what's what's you know, so so you're so you're you're betting, and let's say the over under is whatever. You know, are, are they are they close? Are they is is one significantly ahead of the other? I think they're close. Okay. You know, I think both companies are definitely um, making aggressive moves in this market. You know, but there's pros and cons to this to this discussion, right? And I think comparing HP to Cisco is is really not apples to apples comparison because HP is a is a lot bigger, right? In terms of having different business units. I mean, then printers, for God's sakes, right? I mean, what's Cisco? <laughs> Cisco is the network at the end of the day, but HP has much more to to its portfolio than just the infrastructure side. So I, I think that they are very much in line with in the way the market is moving. And I think that both of them have good chance of becoming sort of top of the list vendors of choice for enterprises because just because of their relationships within the enterprise and their reputation. Okay. Um, Alright. Well, hope I get Venice, I got another one for you. How about uh, HP versus IBM then in, in the cloud space? Again, you're putting me on the spot. No. <laughs> greener, greener planet or inkier planet? Which one do you choose? <laughs> uh, IBM, you know, I have to say I've been pretty impressed with the way that they've been able to exploit that smarter planet um, marketing initiative and I think to some extent a lot of that initiative is enabled by cloud right and their cloud story from that perspective I think IBM definitely has you know somewhat of, of a lead over HP I think right now HP's problem is really not so much do they have the building blocks in place because I think that given their recent news, it definitely um, has been able to come up with somewhat of a cohesive and comprehensive cloud story. But what challenges them is sort of some of the internal structuring. And I think this kind of the same for a lot of infrastructure vendors today. It's the way that the company is structured internally, because just like IT organizations are facing sort of that convergence internally for companies like HP, like Cisco and IBM, you really need to start to bring those business units together. And that's not, you know, that's not an easy feat, as I'm sure you guys know. So you can 
can have a story, but you need to execute on that story, and that I think is a challenge for HP. And you know, it's kind of a wait and see with their new CEO. So that should be interesting. So we're lucky enough to get your time this morning partially pro bono. I know you've got uh, things you've got to get to this morning, but we can't we can't sort of cut the podcast off without at least asking you one question, sort of in the uh, in your sweet spot. So springs in the air. You know, new fashions coming out. We've got a lot of trade shows and places where where techie people are going. What's the what's the cool Clotterati kids wear in the spring? What should you what should you not show up at EMC World or Cisco Live or whatever wearing? And uh, what should you show up? Well, <laughs> uh, you know what? I have to tell you that there's been this T-shirt out in the market. It says blah 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 cloud. I've heard of this. And, yes, but you know what? It's completely sold out. I haven't been able to get my hands on one. And I, it's actually like Hermes broken bag of cloud, right? You are like on, I'm on this waiting list, and I'm number five hundred and twenty-five. So, so, anyways, so is but, so is the market for it to come out in pink and other things like they do with uh, with baseball hats and other things, or is it uh, is 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 black good? I think black is good for now. But you know, I'm on a waiting list, guys. So any. Can you guys help me with that? I mean, I'm Cloud of Lottie, for God's sakes. You know, I should be having this T-shirt already. <clears throat> so blah, blah, Cloud is it for the for the fashion conscious. Very cool. Yes. Well, Vanessa, with that, the thing we always want to make sure is uh, if people want to come check out uh, your, your work and your thoughts and, and, and places to follow you in the Internet, where can they uh, where can they come find you? So I can be found on Twitter at Vanessa Alvarez 1, and I can also be found on blogs.forrester.com at Vanessa Alvarez. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we look forward to getting your bill. Um, I'm not sure we can we can afford it, but thank you again for being a friend of the show for before we had started doing this. Um, and hopefully, we can have you back on and before December, and we'll we'll see if we can get some more predictions from you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. All right, that's it for this week. That was such a great interview. Vanessa was awesome, and it was great to talk to her. Now, you can follow us on Twitter at TheCloudCastNet or reach us at TheCloudCast.net where you'll find links to the show and show notes. You can leave us a comment, send us an email, or details on how to stream us on Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye.